So excited. Um, if you leave me today, I'm gonna to dance to the end of the service. That is my that is my setup. Amen. Some people that know me, they don't know me as a pastor, they know me as a praise and worship leader. Because I enjoy praising God. I think it was just uh, a few days ago. I was discussing with my wife, and something we've been trusting God for just came through. Listen, and while we're, we're trying to analyze what we have done, we know we have prayed, we know we have fasted. But one thing that changed the game for us was when we started praising God. So, at a point, we have, you, you know, when you have exhausted everything, you know what to do. You have prayed, you have fasted, you have declared the word, you have done everything. Everything I've been teaching you, I've done it, and nothing, nothing was wrong. And then my wife said, see, this one don't pass. This water don't pass, Gary, for this water. The only hope we have now is to thank God. Let's give him praise. Whatever he wants, let it be done. And when we enter into praise, you know, when you enter into praise, the devil will tell you, you are not praying well. You need to stop this place and enter prayer. You know, prayer, sometimes, you know, when you have those prayer points in your mind, it's like if you have not prayed them, you can't get the response. But you see, let me tell you. You know what I've discovered? Any man that takes praise in his mouth, you know, praise goes, praise is like the other level of prayer. Because when you are praising, somebody that have not received cannot praise. Please bring that effect a bit, it's too much. Somebody that have not received cannot what? Cannot praise. You only begin to praise when you know you have received. To praise before you receive. Ah, the devil say, Oh boy, we have lost the battle. This guy is supposed to be sad. This guy is supposed to be angry that he has not gotten what he's been asking for. But now he's rejoicing, even though he has not gotten it. Listen, that is the secret of prayer. I'm telling you the truth. It's a secret of prayer. The Bible said, They that observe lying vanities forsake their mercies. was complaining. He was saying all the prayers. And the Bible said, when he entered into thanksgiving, the belly of the fish could not take him anymore. There was an earthquake. You know, the person, how can you be in the belly of the fish and you are praising God? Some of you right now, you are in the belly of the fish and you are still complaining. Enter into praise. That was the secret of Jonah. The Bible said that when Jonah began to give thanksgiving, when he entered, when he switched from complaining, when he switched from, from you know, you know, telling people all the negative things about, oh, you know, this is how my life is, oh, this is the problem I'm facing. He switched and entered into praise. Suddenly, if you read that scripture, immediately, Jonah began to praise. The Bible said that God commanded the fish. The fish did what? Life could no longer contain the fish. When you start praising God, the problem in your life can no longer contain. Everything around you begins to shake. Because praise is only for those who have received already. What you are declaring when you are praising is that you have already received it. And that thing cannot hold anymore. I don't know what you're believing God for. Can you raise a place right now? Raise a place. I don't know what that thing you are expecting God from. Raise a praise right now. Begin to praise God for that matter. You have prayed. You have fasted. Switch to praise now. Thank Him for that thing. Give Him praise. You because ready done. 
It's already done. Hallelujah. It is done in the name of Jesus. The Egyptians you see today, you will see them no more. The Bible said, when the Lord delivered the captivity of Israel, that they were like men that did dream. The miracles that God is going to do in your life are things that will be mind-boggling. People will see, they cannot trace it to your life. They say, I will know Michael now. When did he, how did he get this? You know when you know you are playing in the local league and everybody knows you and suddenly you begin to play in the international. And somebody they just you know imagine that you have been playing, everybody, all your friends know you that you have been playing in the local league. And then suddenly one day they open the TV and they saw you in Jesse. They saw you in money. They say, ah, wait, wait, wait. My, my eyes are ready. Nobody took it this. How? Of all people, when God remembers you, He would think the kind of blessing He would drop in your life cannot be traceable to your strength. See, see, let me tell you, that is the kind of thing that God likes to do. That is the speciality of God. Because if God just does normal things, then it is normal. Do you understand my point? If God does those normal things, it's normal. But you like to do supernatural things. Things that anybody, everybody least expected. And then when men see it, they can say, aha, something is in this place. That was exactly what happened to the, uh, the three Hebrew children. They said, we will not serve another God. Nebuchadnezzar, we will not worship another God. Even if you throw us into the fire. We know that God will save us. Hallelujah. And they will get children into the fire. And then, started looking, he said, I see another man. But this one is not like the three I threw into the fire. This one is like the son of God. Do you know that the people that went to, see, the people that went to throw them into the fire when God comes and died. You were carrying somebody to go and throw in fire. You, when you carry person, they go through fire. Fire catch you, you burn. The best way they throw for fire is to be there. God will change your story. In the name of Jesus. You will serve God in vain, no? Are you hearing me? You know, some people equate Christianity to suffering. No, even though we will suffer, the Bible said with persecution. Because when you stand in the place of God, there are people that won't like you. But what God is saying, He said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But what happens to them? The Lord delivered them from them all. When you have God, there is nothing to be afraid of. No matter the plan of the enemy against you. God turns it. I'm not sure I've seen what is happening to Bidot. All the things you you insult him. The guy will carry it and make pepper soup. He will carry the insult and make pepper soup out of the insult. It's only God that can, that, can, that, can, that can do that. That's what God will do. When your enemies attack you, God will take it and change it. People will insult you. God will use it and change it for your glory. No crisis in your life will go to waste. Bible says, when men say there's a casting down for you, is what? You are going higher. From glory to glory. From glory to glory. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So this month, we're starting a new series. It's a, it's, it's a new month. Happy new month, everyone. <laughs> A new month. We're starting a new series. And this, this month is powerful. We're talking about prosperity. This month, all through this month, we'll be talking about prosperity. So if you want to learn about prosperity, make sure you don't miss any Sunday this week. Today, what I want to establish is the will of God for you to prosper. You know, there have been a lot of controversies. And a lot of, don't mind, don't, don't, don't get it wrong. So many people have abused 
the message of prosperity. Okay? They have made it look like God is a is a Santa Claus. Okay? They have made it look like, you know, you are playing uh, what's that uh, Babijo with God? That's the way some people present prosperity. You look like, you know, they say so. So once you sow, you reap. I've seen people who's, who, who, I've seen it on TV. I don't know. Those days, they say if you drop 10, 10 naira, uh, $10, it was in dollars. They say if you drop $10, you get $1,000. If you drop $1,000, you get 100000 No, that's not how God works. God is not MMM. Yeah, Bob. Amen. So some people want God to be like MMM. So that's why they come. And they come with their tithe. Say, God, see the title. A times hundred. Times hundred. That's not how God works. Amen. But has God promised us prosperity? Yes. And I'm going to show you that this morning. Praise God. John chapter 10 verse 10 quickly. Jesus said, he said, I have come that you may have life. God wants abundant life for you. It is not the will of God for you to suffer. How will a father, good father, want his children to suffer? Have you seen that father? That father, when you say that kind of father, what do you say? You say, say, Chapter 10, verse 10, said what? He said, the thief, purpose is to steal, to kill, and destroy. He said, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Somebody say, rich and satisfying life. God said, I want to give you a rich and satisfying uh, life. This is not me that said it, though. It's God that said it. When you talk about prosperity, the first thing that comes to people's mind is money. But financial prosperity is just an aspect of prosperity. Prosperity is bigger than just finance. Praise God. Prosperity is bigger than just finance. I mean, of you know people that have money but they don't have peace. I know them. I used to work in a hospital. And one day my boss called me. He said, Ah, David. He said, You know how we hustle and struggle for this money? And then at the end of the day, we're not trying to use the money to save our life. At that time, it's too late. You know, some people, you know, I think I was doing a, a premarital counseling of some of our church members here. And I was telling them, I said, look, money is not bad. Money just brings out who you are. Some of you are humble now because you don't have money. I know. See the way you are quiet now? It's because you don't have money. When we give you money now, ah, you are coming to church, you are telling, please, we need to change this. They need to give me special change in front. Money reveals people's character. Money is not bad. Money is just there. The same thing with power. The same thing with faith. It will expose who you are. There was a time I didn't have work for. I was sad from my work. I, I didn't have work for eight months. Obon, I humble. You understand my point? And then suddenly, breakthrough now came. I started having money. I remember I was that was when we were trying to come here, so we we're looking for houses around here. And then I went somewhere and I parked my car somewhere, and somebody deflated my car. Ah! But the way I charge, that time I know game, I know if you charge like that, because I know see if I charge like that, what happened? Now my wife called me say, now nah, one for you. This small money we don't enter your hand. Tell you it was a charge. I say that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. 
You know, sometimes when you have money, it changes your character. You begin to feel like you're on top of the world. You begin to feel invincible. That's exactly what happened to Arkeli. You know, sometimes money makes you feel like no, nothing. You can pay your way through. You can do anything and get away with it. It's not that it's money that corrupted you. You were corrupt. Money just showed your corruption. Money does not corrupt people. It is money only show the corruption in people. Whatever character you have now, the day you have money to show. You say, ah, immediately he get money. He now started carrying women. No. He was already designing to carry women before. The only thing is that he didn't have the money to go carry the women. And immediately the money come, he remember what he was supposed to do. I come to the <laughs> Praise God. Somebody says to do list. <laughs> Praise God. But that's exactly what happened. Money only reveals who you are. Money shows who you are. There's nothing wrong with money. That's why the Bible said the love of money. It didn't say money. It didn't say money is, is the root of all evil. Is that what he said? He says the love of money. Some of you right now, you love money. But because you don't have it yet, the day you have it to show. So deal with it now. Maybe that's why God has not even given you the money. I'm telling you. Sometimes for God, God, in order for God to save you, He will wait for you to mature first. Do, 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 do you understand my mom? Because there are some things that, it's just like children now, there are some things you will expose your children to. See, in my eyes, I, I screen the cartoon my children watch. Anytime they even when they are changing the channel, I say, wait till they touch use remote. Press that number. Don't be screening. Don't be pressing it from the manual one. Your eyes, this is something. The things you expose your children to. It's very important. So God, who is our father, sometimes he protects us. If you want to make money, eh, mature quickly. Deal with the issues quickly, so that God can release those blessings to you. Some of you are the one that is hindering God from blessing you because the kind of things you have in your mind, when God gives you that money, first thing, you will stop coming to church. Every Sunday in a club you will do. In fact, you will be clubbing through Friday, Saturday, that on Sunday morning, you are sleeping to catch sleep. The reason you are not going now is because you don't have money. God wants you to deal with that thing first so that he can release it. So it's not that God doesn't want to give you. You are the one that is stopping God from giving you because you are not dealing with the issues in life. So prosperity is beyond money. There's emotional prosperity. Alright? Emotional prosperity. How many of you know there are people that have money they are, not, they are not in good terms with their father. They are not in good terms with their mother. They are not in good terms with their brothers and sisters. They are not in good terms with their wife, their children. Everywhere, like a kata Whenever they gather like this, you see people carrying gold. They want to shoot each other. Is that prosperity? That's why God said, I will give you a prosperity without sorrow. What kind of money? When you have money and you don't have emotional peace. that most people who make money every day they have soldiers and even some pastors carry military people everywhere what's happening but sometimes when I talk like this somebody say calm down because you never get when you once you rise now you say good carry uh, no I understand though because the way Nigeria did now if you want to go there are some areas you can you can't go without security but what I'm talking about is even people who are in town in a place that is protected, you see military everywhere. Why? Who won't kill you? If you make your if you made your money peacefully, why would somebody be hunting you? It means there is something 
Chomba samaki. So money is not everything. Emotional prosperity. There are people that can't sleep in the night. They have money but they cannot sleep in the night. They are troubled. All the people they have cheated. All the people they have duped. Those people are swearing for them everything. Cursing them everything. And those curses will work. He said it doesn't work. It works. The only cause that does not work is a costless cause. If you did not harm anybody and the person is cursing you, it will not work. Because the cause no, it doesn't have any root where it will hook. Are you getting my point? Any cause that will not work is a cause that does not have a root. That does not have anything from you. Because cause, it is sense, right? If he's saying, he go look for the thing where they go hook. And if there's something you have done that will hook that cause, it will enter. <laughs> that is why the greatest protection you have is to never hurt people. I'm telling you the truth. The greatest protection you have in life, don't ever harm anybody. Don't ever wish anybody bad. That is the greatest protection. When you do that, there is a power that surrounds you. That every protection anybody projects towards you can't come in. Because you have not sent that kind of energy. The Bible says, He that breaks the head, that the serpent will bite. So until you break the head, the serpent cannot bite you. How do you break the head? When you begin to harm people, cheat people, do people, you are opening the door for serpents to come and bite you. So if you want to keep your head intact, never harm anybody. Don't wish anybody evil. You find out that the protection around you is solid. No matter what they try. The Bible says they shall surely gather. But because their gathering is not approved of God, for your sake, they will scatter. It's like there's a metal cage around you that when that thing hits, it will go back. That's what they call back to sender. Back to sender is not because you are shouting it. Back to sender is because you yourself have protected yourself by your goodwill, by your good deeds towards people. No evil shall come to your dwelling. In the name of Jesus Christ. Emotional prosperity. Very key. Then we have people, they have money, but they are not healthy. You see them, they are going from one surgery to another surgery, one hospital to another hospital, drugs everywhere, your health. You have the money, yes, the money cannot save you. You have done all the surgeries yet. The Bible said, if the same spirit that is in Christ Jesus be in you, that same spirit is able what? To quicken your mortal bodies. This is, your, this is mortal body. He said to quicken it. That's the prosperity that God gives. When you come into God, it's a prosperity of health. You will receive the prosperity of health that you have found here. You live in divine health. That you can do five, ten years without going to a hospital. Without taking a drug. It's God. That's prosperity. Do you know how much people spend buying drugs? So when God carry all that money and put it back into your pocket, is that not prosperity? Receive your body prosperity in the name of Jesus. You prosper in your body. The Bible says, I desire above all things that thou may prosper in thy body, even as what? Thy soul. Mental prosperity, that's the third one. Mental prosperity. Mental prosperity means being lifelong learner and staying mentally sharp. That you are mentally sound. So people are not mentally sound. You know, just in Nigeria, mental health, they know they don't, they don't have anywhere they check it. If they carry 
everybody from in this country now and go abroad, more than 80% of us are mental health people. Abroad by now, some of us would they, they, they take mental health drugs. Because if you see the way people they have behaved, like all these uh uh, uh, and, uh most of them will be in the hospital abroad. But here we we'll, we we'll see and I send a case. You know, like say now a normal thing. <laughs> Praise God. That you are mentally sound. There are people that have money, but they're not mentally sound. So you see, what I'm saying is that let's not just focus on financial prosperity. Prosperity is all around. The Bible said, I will make you whole. Hallelujah. Remember the the the, the I think it was the blind man that Jesus healed. And then he came back. Eh? He came back to thank God. And the Bible said, because there were ten of them that were healed. The Bible said, where are the other nine? Lepers, yes, lepers. Say, where are the other nine? He said, thy faith has made the word whole. You know, the other ones were healed of their body. But now this man is whole. Meaning, mentally, physically, financially, the prosperity is now whole. Whole means complete. And that's the vision of our, of our church. Well-rounded. You know when somebody is well-rounded? Every area of your life, you are okay. You are sound financially. You are sound emotionally. You are sound bodily-wise. You are sound mentally. That's the kind of prosperity that God is interested in. Not just the finances. A lot of people are just focused on only on the finances, but prosperity is beyond that. Hallelujah. Then spiritual prosperity is also key. Spiritual prosperity means feeling connected to God. Your relationship with God is intact. Your prayer life is bubbling. Okay? You, 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 you have that spiritual connection with God. It's not like your spiritual life is just dead. You will prosper spiritually in the name of Jesus Christ. And then you have eternal life. That's the greatest prosperity you can ever have. Are you with me? That's the what? The greatest prosperity. The disciples went out. Jesus sent them out. They went out so they casted out demons. They prayed for the sea. They did all the miracles. And when they came back, look at what Jesus told them. He said, rejoice not that demons bow to you. Rejoice not that you experience these things. He said, but rather rejoice that what? Your name is written in the book of life. So your greatest joy is to, to your name is what? It's written in the book of life. That's spiritual prosperity. The Bible says, what shall it profit a man? But after he gains the whole world, and then he does what? He loses his soul. What profit is it? And let me tell you, financial prosperity is only on this earth. It's only what? It's short term. Eternity is long term. So beyond your financial prosperity, you know, a lot of people have sacrificed their spiritual prosperity for financial prosperity. No matter how financial buoyant you are, if you are, you are not going to inherit the kingdom of God, then what use is the financial prosperity to you? How many of you know we are spirits? All of us here are spiritual. We are living in a body. And we have a soul. Hallelujah. I, 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 I used to teach my, I teach my children. I tell them, I said, our body is like, you know, you know, you, know you have a gas, gas cooker, right? Gas uh, cylinder. Hmm? Gas cylinder is like your body. You are the gas inside. If you mistakenly go and open that gas, what will happen? All the gas inside the body will we overpray. So this is what you have as your body is container. The real you is inside and the real you cannot die. It's only your body that will die. But the real you eh, will live forever. So all of us here we're going to live forever. But the question is where are you going to spend your forever? Is it eternal threat 
for eternal life. This is your forever. Where are you going to spend it? This body is only temporary. It's only for years. You live, you live 90, 100. There are very few who are able to go to 120. In fact, even these days, the average mortality rate in, in Nigeria is about 70. Or even less. So that's a short time compared to eternity. And you will live forever. You cannot die. It's only your body that will die. And then we'll go and bury the gas cylinder on the ground, which is your body. But the gas, you, the spirit. How do I know? Let's go back to Genesis. When God created man, the Bible said, he first of all made the gas cylinder, which is what? The body. How, how did he make it? He used clay. Are you with me? Are you Bible study students? What did he do? He used clay and molded man. Hmm? But until when he molded man, did man become a, a, a half life? No. And then the Bible said he did what? He breathed upon man. So who is man? Man is the breath of God. Man, the true man is the breath of God. But to contain that breath, they have to make something, a container. So that they now put in the breath. God put in the breath. So you, the real you is the spirit. Your body is the container that holds your spirit. And that is why when you have an accident or anything, anything that shapes the body like this, what will happen? The spirit will up. Boom. The same thing, anything that hits the gas cylinder, what will happen? The gas will up. Boom. It's the same thing with the body. There's a kind of thing that will hit you now. The spirit will just go. And then the body, which is the container, will just be there, lifeless. You are living forever. So the question is, where are you going to spend your eternal life? The you that will live forever, where is it going to be? It's a decision you make now that will determine where you will spend eternity. Is it in hell or in heaven? This life we have is temporary, but there is an eternal life for everybody. You know, this is I used to think eternal. Eternity is for only believers. No. Even the unbelievers, people that have not given their life to Christ will still live forever. But the question is, where are you going to live it? Is it in hell or in heaven? So, prosperity is beyond the financial. Your spiritual prosperity is important. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, you must make sure your spiritual prosperity is intact. You must make sure that you are feeding your spirit. Then we have the financial prosperity. So we have five types. We have the what? Can we name it? The emotional prosperity. The second one, physical prosperity. The third one, mental prosperity. Fourth one, spiritual prosperity. And then fifth one, financial prosperity. That's the one that everybody likes. That's the one that everybody holds on to. And it's very important because the Bible talks about it too. Amen? The Bible talks about it, but I just want to give us an, a broader view of what the Bible says. And let, let's start with this. You see, God is the owner of everything. How many of you believe that? The Bible says the cattle in the thousand hills the what? belong to God. Psalm 50 verse 12, quickly. Psalm 50 verse 12. God owns everything. It is his decision what he does with it. Psalm 50 verse 12. Can you quickly get there? Our time is running. Praise God. Look at what he said. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For all the world is what? And everything in it. You, how did you come? You just, you gained consciousness one day and they told you this is your father. This is your mother. Where, where were you before you came? Eh? I don't even know where you were before you came. You just woke up one day, they told you, ah, this is your father. They said, these are your brothers and your sisters. And then you, 
you're growing. They say, ah, you came from Nigeria. Some people say, I, I, I was reading, uh, I think on Twitter yesterday, somebody said, ah, they even catch the angel when carry from Nigeria. everywhere. Eh? Europe. All the places. Of all the places that Nigeria and come, say me come. Praise God. But that's how we woke up and then we saw ourselves. So, your life cannot just be like that. You just saw yourself and then you die and then that's the end. How? What God is saying is that I am the owner of everything including you. Now God owns you. Owns you. He says that everything in the world is what? It's mine. It's mine. So that money you're looking for, who owns it? Eh? God. Praise God. It is decision to do with whatever you want. Isaiah 45. Isaiah 45 verse 9. It is God's decision to do with the wealth he has anyhow he wants. Quickly, quickly. Jared, you have to be fast so that we can get through this on time. Alright? Look at what he said. He said, what sorrow await those who argue with their creator? Does a clay pot argue with his maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it? Saying, stop, you are doing it wrong. Does the pot exclaim, how clumsy can you be? I don't know if you have seen where the pot you are molding or the clay you are using to this thing will be saying, no, I don't want it this way. Do me this way. Praise God. So God is the one of everything. He's the potter. And he decides who he gives the wealth to. But you see, God has put rules. God has put principles in place to be a just and an equity God. He has put principles and rules in place. And when you follow these rules, when you follow these principles, you will get the results. So God is not a respecter of man. God does not differentiate. God does not discriminate. Hallelujah. Somebody say, ah, eh? so now God I make me poor like this. No! But there are principles you need to follow. And those are some of the things we're going to be talking about all through this series. Principles of prosperity. How to align yourself in the way God wants you to put yourself so that the prosperity that God has promised everyone on the earth, it will be. the reason why people are poor is because they have not aligned to the principles that God has put in place for prosperity. But the Bible says, I am the one that teaches thee how to what? Make wealth. So God has put principles on the earth on how to make wealth. If you don't follow these principles, you will struggle. Hallelujah. Praise God. So quickly, let us run. So everything we have is a gift. If you have money today, it's a gift. So there's no need to brag. There's no need to be pompous about what you have. God gave it to you. Praise God. God gave it to you. You say, no, I worked hard. I worked hard for it. Who gave you the strength to work hard? If you did not wake up, will you be able to work hard? If you were sick and bedridden in the hospital, will you be able to work hard? You cannot take credit. God helped you. God saw you through. God strengthened you. So you must understand that everything you have came from God. And it is the strength of God that enabled you. When you have this kind of mindset, it helps you and saves you from, you know, covetousness and greed. Everything we have come from Him. And we honor Him. Praise God. So God is a Father that wants his children to prosper. You know, in the Old Testament, God's blessing was majorly material possession. And 
prosperity. So in the Old Testament, it was about material possession. You talk about Abraham, they are counting his rams, his uh, sheep, everything he has. So in the Old Testament, it was about material possession. But in the New Testament, it was beyond material possession. It now includes spiritual prosperity. But it doesn't mean that, you know, some people have interpreted it that, oh, eh, we should always be focusing on heaven. You know? But you, are going, you, you need food now. Eh? You need, don't you need food? <laughs> you need to live. But look at what the Bible says. It says, seek ye first what? The kingdom of God. And all these things are what? Added to you. Those are the principles we are talking about. Do not seek. He said, these are the things that the Gentiles seek after. It's the unbelievers, the Gentiles that always seek after these things. He said, but for you, it's a different ball game. Seek you first the kingdom. And wealth, prosperity, financial prosperity, bodily prosperity is an addition to you. Hallelujah. So we have a father that loves us and that father is willing. Mark, quickly, Mark chapter 10, 29 to 30. I think we'll stop there and then we'll continue next Sunday. Please make sure you're here next Sunday. Because we're just this Sunday we're just doing an introduction, and then from next Sunday we'll begin to give you details of the principles of prosperity. Look at what Mark chapter 10, verse 29 says. He says, Yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house, brothers, sisters, or mothers, or father, or children, or property for my sake, for the good news, the next verse. The next verse. We receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, property, along with persecution. And in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. Now, did you get the two? There are two aspects. It says, now, in this present age, some translations say, in this present age. You know, but some people have said, no, 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 the prosperity is in eternal life. Man, the Bible said that God will prosper you now and then. Later, he will also give you what? Eternal life. So there are two fold prosperity in the New Testament. Both now and eternal life. He said the, the, the reward of teachers is in heaven. Some teachers say, no, we want it here. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> so even me, God will bless me here. And he will also bless me in heaven. If you believe that, shout hallelujah. Praise God. So it's the will of God. That's what we want to establish today. It's the will of God for you to prosper. It's the will of God. And no father will. The Bible says, if your earthly father knows how to give you the gift, how much more me, your heavenly father? Can you get that scripture and put it up? I think I, I, I was thinking I put it down. Okay, yes, he's here. Hold on. Hold on. That's Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. Matthew 7 verse 11. Matthew 7 verse 11. Let me, let, me, let me show you that. God is your father. God is your father. And he's willing to bless you. Matthew 7 verse 11. Quickly. Look at it. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give what good gift to those who ask him? God is your father. No father sees his children suffering. The thing is that the reason why you have not received, the Bible says, until now you have not received. Until now you have not asked. Say, ask and it's all God, and you shall receive. Say, he will give to his children who what? Who ask him. Ask him. And how do you ask? According to his will. You know, people get this one and say, ah, okay, I will begin to ask anything. I need Land Rover now. Is it his will to give you Land Rover now? Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come be on our feet. Just begin to appreciate God because he has blessed us with prosperity. He's our Father. It's his will to bless us. It's his will to bless us. What he can 
earth and in heaven. Can you just begin to appreciate him? Say, Lord, I thank you for your blessings. I thank you because it's your will to bless me. It's your will to spur me. It's your will to expand me. It's your will. It's your will. It's your will. If there's any area, if there's anything I'm not doing right that is stopping me from entering into my inheritance, Holy Spirit, help me, Lord. Help me. Every principle I'm not meeting that is stopping me from entering into my prosperity, Holy Spirit, help me. Ask the Lord to help you. Ask Him to help you. Ask Him to help you. God will prosper you. In Jesus' name. I pray for you right now. I declare that prosperity is in your house. The Bible said, For prosperity shall be in the house of the righteous. He said, For the righteous lives inheritance for his children's children. The Bible said that you will have more than enough. You will have all you need. And you will abandon to good works. I declare over your life right now that every area in your life you prosper. In the name of Jesus Christ. You have more than enough. It is the will of God to prosper you. Therefore I declare you have more than enough. You prosper in every way. You will not struggle with your needs. Because the Bible said, For God shall supply all our need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I declare over your life that you receive prosperity beyond measures. Prosperity beyond measures. Prosperity beyond measure. In the name of Jesus, you have more than enough. You are bound on to charity. You are bound on to good works. In the name of Jesus Christ. Every circle of defeat. Everything in your mind. Every mindset. That is stopping you from entering into your inheritance. Every mindset. That has stopped you from getting what God has already given you. Today I break those mindsets. Those limitations in your mind. In the name of Jesus Somebody say, my mind is free. My mind is free. In the name of Jesus. Some of you, is your upbringing. You grew up in a poor environment. And because of that, you cannot embrace what God has already planned for you. You settle for less. Today, it has come to an end. You will no longer settle for less. You will no longer settle for less. God desire that you prosper. Therefore, I declare that you prosper. You prosper. In your family, you prosper. In your marriage, you prosper. In your business, you prosper. In your body, you prosper. Financially, you prosper. Mentally, you prosper. Spiritually, you prosper. Physically, you prosper. In the name of Jesus. Emotionally, you prosper. In Jesus' name. The Egyptians, you see, you will see them no more. From henceforth, there is a progressive expansion in your life. Good things are the desire of God. He said that I will give them life, a good life, a rich life, and satisfying life. He will satisfy your mouth with good things. He will satisfy your mouth with good things. In the name of Jesus Christ, you will not beg for bread. The Bible said, I was old, I was young, now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. I declare, you will not beg for bread. Your children will not beg for bread. You have more than enough. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, quickly, if you are, if you are celebrating this month, your birthday this month, August. Your your marriage uh, anniversary is this month. Anything you're celebrating, your uh, whatever celebration you have this month, I want you to dance out 
as we celebrate with you and then as we pray for you the celebration will be your home only celebration will be your life hallelujah amen oh glory to God glory to God are there more people celebrating this month Stand up in victory. Can we clap our hands for them? God bless you. God bless you as you go back to your seat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, quickly, we're going to take our communion. Amen. We're going to take our communion. Now, I want you to understand what we're doing. In the night, the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He gave thanks and he said, this is my body that is broken for you. He said, as often as you do it, you do it in remembrance of me. Now, what what this is, is a symbol. Please don't get it twisted. What this is, what is symbol of the body of Jesus. And when we take this, what we're saying is that we accept the covenant of Jesus Christ. 
And the Bible said that he gave thanks and he said, This is my body. He said, As you often as you do it, you do it in remembrance. So we are remembering the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross of Calvary for our, on our behalf. We are remembering that Jesus died for us. We are remembering that by the death of Jesus, we have life. The same night he was betrayed, the Bible said that he took the cup, he took the wine, and he poured the wine in the cup. And he said, This is my blood that was shed for you. He said, As often as you do it, you do it in remembrance of me. Today, what we are doing is that we are remembering the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. The atonement that was done for us. By that atonement, we are sanctified. By that atonement, we are justified. By that atonement, we will be glorified. That is what God did for us. And He said, It is finished. No more sacrifice is required, no more work is required. It is done. The Bible said, By one man's sin, death reigned. And by one man's righteousness, righteousness reigned. Life reigned. Because Jesus died, because he shed his blood on the cross of Calvary, we have life. We have life. As you are taking this thing, you are taking life. You are saying, I have life. Therefore, every sickness in your body can no longer stay in that body. Because that body is not the temple of the Holy Ghost. That body is not the body of Christ. Therefore, sickness can no longer stay in your body. Therefore, every issue, every challenge you have, every organ, everything in your body that is not in line with what God wanted is therefore uprooted in the name of Jesus. We destroy the yokes of Satan over your body. We destroy the power of darkness over your body. As you take this, your body is sanctified. Sickness has no place in you anymore. Every disease out there, it cannot get to you. The Bible said, you see, when the day of Passover, when the children of Israel were, were in Egypt, and the angel of death was going to go around to kill the firstborn of the house, the God, God gave them instruction through Moses. He said, kill the ram. Now that ram, the ram that they killed was a symbol of Jesus. He said, kill it. Put it the blood of the lamb on their lintels in the front of their houses. And he said, when the angel of the dead comes, when he sees the blood, it will pass over. Now what that means is that by when the angel of the dead of death comes, when he sees the blood, what it means is that ah, there is already a sacrifice here. So when the angel of death is passing to go and kill the first son of that house, he sees the blood. What that blood tells the angel of death is that, oh, this one, have, they have killed for this one. They have already killed here. They have already killed here. And I don't know if you if you are in a group and you are doing something. So when you see where they have done it, oh, no, they don't do this one. They don't do this one. That's what the angel of death, that's why the angel of death was passing. Because there was a blood. As you are taking the blood of Jesus and the body of Christ, every angel of death out there, they will see that there is a blood already that has been shed for you. They will see that the blood of Jesus has already been shed for you. Therefore, they cannot shed your blood. Therefore, they cannot shed your blood. In the name of Jesus Christ. Because the blood already has been applied upon your body. The blood already has been shed for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. By this, we declare healing. By this, we declare breakthrough. By this we declare progress, prosperity upon your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. You can freely take it now. By your blood, you crushed principalities. Jesus, Jesus. By your name, established authority. Jesus, Jesus, say by your blood, by your blood, you crossed the Jesus, 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 Jesus,